Welcome to CBuzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's award-winning podcast and also Columbus's first business-focused podcast. Our show was presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. My name is Michaela Hunt, brand journalist and your host for CBuzz, where we bring you unique and impactful stories directly from leaders right here in our Central Ohio business community. Normally, we would be coming to you from our home at Capital University's Convergent Media Center, collaborative space for students and faculty to study music, film, creative writing, and digital media. However, as you can imagine, things are a little bit different as we continue to prioritize all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines. As such, we're recording this virtually. We are excited, though, to be able to share stories from incredible entrepreneurs and businesses right here in Central Ohio in 2021. And we really appreciate your patience and understanding as we maneuver our virtual recording sessions through Zoom. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to not one, but two guests on our show. We are here with Anne Boninsegna and Jen Lindsay, who are co-owners of The Kitchen, which is home to two versatile event spaces that cover everything from corporate events to weddings and birthday celebrations. They also host Columbus's first and only full-scale participatory dinner party. So Jen and Anne, it is a real pleasure to have you both on CBuzz today. I know we're going to have a lot of fun, so thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And I miss your place. Like, that's what I want to say first um, as we're recording this and before we dive into our conversation today. Can we just reminisce for a second and feel some hope for the future? Yes. Please. Please sit at our table and do that with us. Honestly, I think that's one of we'll the see, things we pay- talked about um, most recently is how much we miss uh, just having people in the space. Um, you know, our team gets to be here, and we get to do things that are more geared towards curbside, um, and you know, the things that most folks are doing these days. But it's the vibrancy I think when we bring the community inside of the building. Um, that the building kind of takes on its own life and, you know, its parties just continue to continue going on. Uh, even if one party ends, you know, that energy just kind of lingers and stays behind. And as soon as the next group arrives, they feel like the party already started. So it's the magic of this building. <laughs> Your space has been central to some really empowering moments that I've experienced. And that's why I was so excited to see you on here. And I know there's so many other people like me in the Columbus business community who have felt the same way. I have joined really important professional groups because of that vibrancy inside your space. I've made donations to groups that are important to me who've hosted events there and also celebrated some pretty incredible people within your walls. So we can't wait to the point where we get to come back and do that same thing again. But I know you guys are doing such cool stuff right now in the midst of this moment. And you can teach us a lot about pivoting. So we're going to talk about that today in this conversation. But first, I just want you to tell us a little about yourselves. And and I'll start with you. So the listeners get to know you, kind of where you came from, and and how this all came to be at the beginning. Um, So I... Well, we've been around for about seven and a half years, um, and I started in uh, events in Columbus, but in nonprofits, and uh, ended up in sort of a leadership role at Franklin Park Conservatory, where I learned so much about running a business, because I think a nonprofit is really just a small business, 
it certainly it was then. It's a, it's it's much bigger and more amazing um, business uh, than it was way back then. So that's been super cool to watch and to kind of continue to learn from. Um, but Jen and I have been friends for about 20 years, and we had a friendship that was very much based off of our love of food and cooking and um, the fact that we were just talking about that food is our love language. And um, that for us, taking care of people meant making them a great meal and gathering them around a table. And so when we were looking sort of like what are our next steps in our career, um, we kind of came together and made a decision to uh, build this what still feels to this day like a pretty amazing, amazing adventure um, called The Kitchen. So uh, we started off, and uh, it's so funny. I've been thinking a lot about our journey recently. I think it's been a little more time. Just a little <laughs> bit. reflect. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. I think back on some things where I was like, I can't believe that's how we started and that we're still here. Um, and I think there's so much to be said about just still being here at all in this moment, but just sort of like some of the strange decisions we made or didn't make and just sort of showed up with like completely unprepared. Good um, intentions. Yeah, good <laughs> intentions. Um, but I also think it's, it's part of what makes us um, resilient leaders today. So let me ask, let me ask Jen this. So Jen, kind of give me a little bit of your background as well. And also tell me, was there a moment that you knew that you wanted to focus on building a company with Anne? Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. A little bit about me is I too worked at the Franklin Park Conservatory and um, that is not where we met, but that is where we kind of hatched this idea and the moment I think I realized that I wanted to go into business with Anne was we were sitting in her kitchen, surprise, surprise, <laughs> and we may or may not have had just created dinner, and surprise, surprise, <laughs> you see a theme here, potentially had, you know, a bottle or two of wine uh, at that point, but we were really just talking about, you know, how you live a passion. And, like, what do you want to do that brings you passion? Um, and I think that's something we're both fire signs, and so I think we live from a passionate perspective. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that really helps me is the way that Anne challenges um, most of my ideas. <laughs>
there you go. <laughs> developed, you know, our product. <laughs> so, and, and what I love is that there's this unique feeling when I come into your space um, with this focus that you have on collaborative participatory experiences for guests, whether it be, like I said, birthdays, weddings, meetings, events. So for the folks who aren't familiar, how would you describe, we, so we know your love of food and your passion for those shared experiences. How would you describe the kitchen to someone who might not be familiar with your space, Anne? Um, so I, that's a great question. I think it's a hard question to answer in this moment because it feels so different. But I think um, if I can recall the last time we had this space full and people had knives in their hands and cutting boards in front of them and um, scraps of vegetables everywhere, I think it probably feels like cooking at your grandmother's or your aunt's house or um, with a close friend that you really just like can relax into the moment. It's like that, but it's with perfect strangers a lot of times. And um, there's something super magical that just happens when people come together and share that experience. And um, it is hard to describe. It was fun, something when we first opened, we were like, how do we market this? How do you like? How do you put that in a picture or with a few words and stick it in a in a paper? Um, and it's it's that's probably been a stumbling block for us for the last eight years. But um, I think that it is the warmth that you feel when you're somewhere, say for the holidays. You go to that place, you go for the holidays, and like there's just that feeling. And every time you go there, it's that same comforting feeling. I had somebody come in once, and it was for a breakfast meeting. It's just my favorite part of the story. It was for a breakfast meeting. She said, I walked in the door, and I felt like I should take my shoes off. And I thought, that <laughs> we did it. That's all I needed. <laughs> I just, we really wanted to try to create something that felt like it wasn't just, it wasn't our kitchen. It was the kitchen that everybody has welcomed into that your skill set or your comfortability is really not relevant um, as long as you're coming in with an open heart and a willingness to participate. There's a certain level of intimacy. I think that happens when you're here Um intimacy and vulnerability, I think, when you say, you know, I don't know how to chop an onion. You know, you're coming at someone with your authentic sort of self, and then to be met with, you know, it's okay, and you don't have to know how to chop an onion, because all you need is it to be diced in a small, you know, <laughs> uniform type of way, and any way you get there is okay with us. Now, if you would like to have a lesson in teaching you how to properly cut an onion, you know, we've got the skill set in which to do that, but we really do meet people with their own love. It's not, it's not the onion that's important here. It's the conversation around the table um, while you're chopping that onion. And so we will never detract um, from that conversation or that unique moment that they're sharing together to be like, you know, you're not cutting that onion right. It's really not about that for us. It's never been that way for us. So that the intimacy and then what you both described as kind of that feeling of getting together in a kitchen, any kitchen for the holidays is what we miss. It is what we crave currently. 
And I want to talk about the future in this episode because we all know we're transitioning back and we will be. We are hopeful about that. But before we get there, I want to talk about 2020. And I want to talk about the arrival of COVID-19 and the kitchen. The pandemic completely shifted the way your business operates. And it has certainly been a challenging and taxing time for so many businesses in your industry. We all know that. With it being said, you really quickly transition to accommodate take-home meal kits, virtual tastings, and more. I know I saw it all over the place on social media. Um, and I would say that you guys were one of the first that I saw a lot of that from. Can you walk us through what it was like to have to pivot like that, to go from intimacy, the kitchen, this is where we are, to things are shut down, there are certain requirements, and we have to move this outside of these four walls? Yeah. Um, so we call it swerving um, instead of pivoting, which is, I think, key to what we ended up doing. Because pivoting to me is you put one foot down and you go around in a circle, right? You might put the other foot down and then go around. Like if you think about basketball, which I know very little about, this is the extent of my knowledge of basketball. Yeah. You're making this analogy. <laughs> Court references are not my thing, but this one is this is what always makes me think of when people say pivot. You just put one foot down and then you can only go so far. But if you can swerve, you can go over here. You can go over here and come back to the middle a little bit. You can just, you can adjust. Um, so we call it swerving. And then I think we've gotten, I'm going to be honest, it was a pretty like uncontrolled swerve. Like the car is a little out of control. And I think we've gotten it down to a pretty darn controlled swerve and just what we consider life now. Um, and COVID-19 has certainly presented us with what could be, I mean, it could have just been the end of this business altogether, not just as we know it, but altogether. Um, and I feel like what our team did was respond as we ask people who walk in the door of the kitchen to do with open hearts and willingness to try um, and participate. And they were willing to let us kind of lead them into what felt uncomfortable for all of us, which was reimagining this thing that was the core of our business, which was getting people together in our really cozy little space and giving them the tools they need and enjoying their company and removing all of that and sending it home with them instead, which I won't say there weren't lots of tears around that because there were, it was, it was a, I don't know, it was just sad to feel like this. Yeah, it was a completely new business, but it was also the removal of all the connectivity that we thought we were providing to people when they really needed it the very most. Um, And I think ultimately what we realized was if we could just swerve a little we could still give them the connectivity that they needed in just a very different way, which is, I think, what COVID has made all of us rethink a little bit. Jen, how did you get the word out about the swerve? Like I, like I told you, I was, I was seeing it, but I mean, with such a big customer base, how did you really let people know, okay, you're not coming here for this, but we're going to be here for you with this other thing? Well, I think at the time, what we really tried to do was to be concise in our messaging. So while it was new and, um, you know, sort of uncharted territories, 
I think our marketing team at the time did an excellent job in stating where we're at now and um, restating what it was that we planned to do that week. Because honestly, we're living in real-time developments, and we would take time to come up with content or, you know, make a plan for the month ahead, and we would, you know, invest all of that time and energy in going down those pathways that then ultimately became unavailable to us. And so while we experienced that in real time, I think um, what we did to communicate was just being in the moment and not too far in the future. Um, And that way we didn't really make a promise that we couldn't keep or we didn't come up with something that wasn't available then a month later. Yeah, it's sort of funny. It's like the exact opposite of everything that you try to do as a small business owner, which is like be way out in front of things, really plan, know where you're going. Um, it, we, it, we had to rethink all of that. You had to kind of rein it all back in and take it one day at a time and say, okay, well, this looks like it's working. We're going to tiptoe in a little further. Let's see if it holds up. We're going to adjust now because it's not, you know, it, it, there's a very, there was an extremely loyal um, yes. customer base out there for us. Our, our clients, the people who have been supporters of ours since we were just a, barely a business. Asking for money on Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> they, were they were there for us, but they also, you know, they were trying to be there for this whole community. And so we were also trying to, allow them to do that and not take up too much of their, you know, their, their personal bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it just, it was a, you know, you are like, okay, well these people really like this. So we're going to keep doing this. And then suddenly that group of interested parties would dwindle away some and we'd rethink it a little bit more. So again, the swerve, we just swerve a little bit back this way. <laughs> A lot like skiing. And a, yeah, and a hypothesis kind of before you went to try something like to think of it like in a scientific way, like you had to say, okay, we think this is going to work. Let's see what happens next um, as you swerve. I think that entrepreneurs are well equipped for a pandemic, I think, <laughs> because they are risk takers, yeah. you know, and you are not comfortable with everything and you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. And I think this was probably, you know, something that took us to a new level of that. <laughs> uh, it's not just, you know, us risking our finances, it's the entirety of everything. And so I think there's this awesome responsibility, but in terms of, you know, being able to kind of re-strategize or rethink, I think we as a, as a group, of uh, people who are risk takers are, you know, kind of, we got to leg up on that a little bit. So what has this pandemic taught you about perseverance? Given swerving and all that, what, and, and trying different things and seeing what the outcome was, what have you learned about perseverance? Gosh, um, for me, I feel like, you know, we have faced a lot of challenges um, in this business in the past seven and a half years that this feels like a continuation of that almost. Sort of like I went to kindergarten and then I went all the way up to sixth grade and now all of a sudden I'm in college. 
And, you know, I don't know everything. Um, and I certainly wouldn't say that we were perfect in the choices that we made. But I can tell you that we go into each day with eyes wide open. Um, we listen to our team. We listen to our community. And we listen to our gut. Um, and I think that's really gotten us, you know, pretty far. And I said this before, um, Columbus is an amazing place to be a business owner. Like, obviously, I've never been a business owner somewhere else, but I've certainly talked to people, and they're constantly surprised by the community that we have here. People want you to succeed. They're invested in your success. So for me, there was a a big, you called it an awesome responsibility, and I think that that's super accurate. It's there, we had a responsibility to people who were Kickstarter backers back in 2012. Like those people are still on my mind. Like I'm not going to give up because that would have really been the easiest thing to do to say, forget it. This is going to be too hard. Rethinking it. Let's just close it all up and be done. We could have done that. Um, and I'm not saying that anybody out there just made that and it was an easy decision. But I think for us, that would have been the easier decision for sure. So I think for me, it's about understanding. I mean, it's like you said when you started, like people have had really important moments in their lives in this space. And I don't think we're done with that yet. So there is a responsibility to me to be here still for people to continue to gather and to find that connectivity and, um, especially when this is all over. Jen, I felt like you were going to add something. Well, um, yeah, I, I feel like just, you know, it, it's sort of that idea of you go, you go down kicking and screaming, <laughs> you know, and as far as our tenacity goes, you know, any, any small business owner is tenacious. I mean, no one's paying attention to you and what time you get to work or what time you go to bed or any of those things. And it's up to you to be the person who's, you know, stewarding your business. But I feel like the community that we have, not just in terms of like our customers or our Kickstarter backers um, or our team who works here, but even fellow entrepreneurs or business owners out there, um, we owe it to, each other to be here for each other in that way. And that if we can partner with a local business um, in terms of purchasing their items so that they continue to stay, you know, in business, you know, we see it as our civic obligation to be part of that um, greater opportunity for everyone to succeed. You know, you guys are very passionate, whether about partnering locally or giving back to the community, the greater community. Um, in fact, you've partnered with organizations like the Mid-Ohio Food Bank, Nationwide Children's Hospital, and the Laundry Project for your Taco Tuesdays in the past. What does really giving back mean to each of you, and why is it important that your business has this giving component? And I'm really curious, too, given what you do, how that looks during a pandemic, how you still choose to give back during a pandemic as you can. Um, so I've been super involved in women's organizations in town, the YWCA, um, the women's fund. And I think for, for, especially during the pandemic, the effect that the pandemic has had on women has been 
disproportionate, especially women of color. Um, and I think for us, what we recognize is while we didn't, we were, <laughs> our revenues were 50% down or more, we still had a lot more than a lot of other people. And that um, it was our responsibility to do what we could. Uh, we certainly weren't at the level that we've been in in years past of giving, but um, we made some strategic investments and really feel like it made us better as people. And it um, really gave our team a bright spot to really focus on to say, okay, we're doing good still. Like it's, we're, we are still the same business we were before. Um, this can't get us down. And, I think without that, we would have we would have felt really different as a group. I mean, we we are half the size of the team, if not a little bit less than that as we were before. But we're super um, aligned in our values, and that feels really good. It feels really good to be able to, as a group, say, okay, these are some organizations that we feel like we should be giving back to. Um, we've got a great relationship going on with Children's Hospital right now. Um, that is, it's a, it's, it's a bright spot for everybody. What are you guys doing exactly with that relationship right now? We have a donor who um, anonymously basically came to us and wanted to impact um, two businesses if possible. And so by that, uh, he has been able to provide us with an amount of money, a monthly stipend, that then we turn over into food donations for the hospital staff at Nationwide Children's Hospital. And it's a rotational um, opportunity where we get to serve different departments. And to be honest, um, you know, all we are is the conduit and it's the philanthropy of others that really helps us shine in that instance. But it, it really is that um, connectivity, you know. It's, it's, it's a place that's right down the street from us. We consider them neighbors, and we are able to impact them in some way by a way that someone is impacting us. And it's just, I mean, it's a continuation of feel goods. I can't even, <laughs> it's pretty great. And here you are talking about that bright spot for your staff. You're serving frontline workers during a pandemic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's all made possible by someone else who is thinking of, how do I not just donate but how do I help a small business and donate at the same time? And that's the kind of impactful giving that I think is really inspiring. It's not just what I can do, but how do I maximize everything I'm doing? So, Anne, do you have any advice for how other business leaders who are listening to this can find a way to give back and look for those really unique or maybe interesting moments they wouldn't normally consider and really jumpstart their involvement with supporting different community-focused initiatives? Yeah, I think it's really important to stop and take an inventory of what your um, values are, what your passion is, the thing that is going to make you wake up in the morning and say, I'm so excited to be able to move the needle on this organization, um, this cause, um, if, if the, the pandemic is something weighing heavy on you, finding a way to lighten somebody else's load. I mean, you really got to kind of connect in with yourself. And um, I think every business leader has a little bit they could give, whether, you know, we nonprofit always talk about time, talent, and treasure. 
Um, so it doesn't always have to be money and maybe it's you go and serve a meal or maybe it's that you're helping with somebody's kids after school, a working mom who's really stretched thin by trying to educate her kids and get to work and hold down the job and all of the things. But whatever your thing is, um, there is there is a organization in this town that is working on on that behalf. So just really taking some time to focus in on, on where your passion is. And then um, there's some great organizations out there, too, that can connect you. BESA um, is a wonderful one. Certainly, if you're looking to just volunteer, you're just trying to figure out how to connect. They're really great about that. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's really got to be driven from your own personal passion and values. So we've talked a little bit about swerving, which I'm, I'm going to use that now, by the way, more often than I use pivot. We've talked about that we are, we are. So swerving, um, persevering, but I, I want to kind of start to end things on innovation, because I think we have to think about that moving forward. You've been in the midst of it, but we've also got to think about what's coming next. And you guys have you've really, this last year has been really exceptional for you with innovating from cheese and charcuterie boards to your epic taco Tuesdays and the global kitchen series. Um, it's clear that you spend a lot of time thinking about new and unique ways to elevate the business. I'm sure you're thinking about it when we come to the transition back to um, what is the value of innovation as a business owner? Can you survive if you don't innovate and, and where do you find the inspiration to innovate? Can you survive if you don't innovate? I think the my overarching answer is no, but that's only from my own perspective. Um, we're two people. When we first started, we had to kind of like, okay, we got to less ideas. This may be better. We're not short. We're not short ideas. I mean, you've seen, we've done you know, almost eight years of tacos and rarely repeated a theme. Um, We're short on editing, though, my idea. Yes, editing is something we could do with. But So I, I think that would be my answer. I'm sure there are industries where innovation is maybe less important, but I think always being able to look at something from a different angle and considering how you might be able to change it has got to be better for everybody. Um, that's how, you know, we put people on in space and stuff, right? I mean, I think that's how I look at it anyway. Um, space and tacos. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> We've done that. Okay, kidding. <laughs> Coming up. Coming up. <laughs> so, yeah, I think innovation is super important. It's funny that you bring up the word because um, – you know, we we run the business on something called um, EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, or Traction is the book that it all comes from. You maybe have talked to people who are using this, and there's a lot of people in Columbus using it. Um, and so we, we sat down for our quarterly meeting, and I said, okay, this is, this is going to be the year of innovation for us. I realize we're in the middle of the year. <laughs> It feels like a brand new year. So this is the year of innovation. And, and we really thought about reinventing ourselves because we knew that if we didn't, I mean, in-person events was done as for as long as the, as longer than we even expected. You know, we were like, oh, a few months, how are we going to survive? Okay, we'll, we'll do a little of this, we'll do a little that until we can just get back to it. And it's funny, October came 
and we were we were as close to back to normal as we could have imagined. We had weddings again, and we did much like lots of restrictions and things. Definitely looked very different, but started to feel normal, and then that kind of quickly came to an end again. So if we weren't willing to be innovative and we weren't willing to step way outside of what we consider normal and what we know, we would have locked the doors up probably long about end of April. So I'm, I'm proud that we're still here. Um, we literally just talked through a bunch of ideas for the next couple of quarters to today. So I think we're still, still <laughs> we're feeling still it. <laughs> Well, and, and that's kind of where I would love to, to to end on. I mean, given the fact that you just had this conversation today, I feel like we're this is all fresh, and we're getting like the <laughs> the latest tip or what you guys are chatting about. What is next for the kitchen? What are you manifesting for twenty twenty one and beyond? Once we start socializing a bit more in person, and we make. What I mean, I'm a little nervous about transitioning back. Like I miss the intimacy and I miss the vibrancy, but I'm a little nervous about like that's going to be different to bring ourselves back to that place. So, yeah. what are you guys thinking about as we all move awkwardly back towards what we loved? Well, you know, for us here, one of the things that I feel like we are really excited to do is to get people back in the space to cook and. That is truly the, the one thing that we haven't been able to do with the um, same impactfulness. We've been doing participatory Zoom, you know, cook-alongs. And while that's fun, um, you do lose the ability to, like, have the conversation, the side convo, you know, where you're standing next to someone and you're having this conversation about, you know, maybe their grandmother's pie crust or something like that. And they're willing to share these, you know, food histories with you. So I think for us, one of the things that as soon as it is possible and as soon as it is comfortable and as soon as we feel comfortable being able to offer it in the way that we feel comfortable offering it, that's the thing that we're looking forward to getting back to. It's truly the crux of our business. So there's a this, the chapters are yet to be written. We know that, but you guys have the ideas in mind. And when it comes down to innovation, I think some of the things that folks have to think through, it's getting back to that place. And that makes me feel comfortable when you say that, Jen, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm going to show up at a party, right? Like, I barely know how to get out of sweats, but, <laughs> but with it, I, I, when you tell me, oh, I could come and I could cook and I can, that is something that I can do while I get back into this moment. That gives me as a person, as a consumer, a place to be, right? And understand yeah. that moment. And we, you know, we recognize the value of fellowship um, when we first began. And that's one of the real takeaways, I think, that a lot of people have had here is when you meet a stranger um, you know, sitting at dinner passively, you don't often have those interchanges or exchanges where you're talking to each other and, um, you know, laughing together. And I always said to Anne, when, when we first opened, it's really hard being a grown-up and making new friends. It, it truly is, because anytime you spark up a conversation with someone, <laughs> you know, there's always some sort of, like, 
connecting to, are you, oh, this is a weird person, or are you hitting on me, or, you know, any of the things that could possibly come into someone's mind. But when you're standing around a table and you're doing an activity together, such as cooking, which brings us back to that intimacy, you do not cook with people that are strangers to you. And so you automatically have broken down that barrier and you are having fellowship with another person. It doesn't matter how you vote doesn't matter how you pray. It doesn't matter what you think. As long as you cut that onion right, you're still on my team. <laughs> I can't think of a more perfect thing to end on. I, I truly cannot, <laughs> given where we are. Um, Jen and Ann, thank you both so much for taking the time to share your story with our listeners. Thank, thank you so you. much for including us. It's really nice to be thought of. And we look forward to that fellowship. I feel it as you're talking and we all look forward to that and coming back to that place. Jen and Ann, thank you both so much for taking the time to share your story with our listeners. For our listeners, if you want to learn more about The Kitchen, be sure to visit their website at thekitchencolumbus.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening. Your reviews help people find this show and hear our community's stories. We read your feedback and we value your ideas as we plan future episodes. Buzz is proudly produced in collaboration with Capital University. We want to say a special thank you to their talented students, faculty, and staff for helping bring this program to life for you, our listeners. Once again, I'm Michaela Hunt, your host for C Buzz, and we hope to talk to you next time.